Section number 25 of Legends of Old Honolulu. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Read by Thomas Sorensen. Legends of Old Honolulu by William Drake Westervelt. Lepe Amoa, Part 2. Kawilani finds his sister, Lepe Amoa. For some time after the famous battle with the evil god, Kawilani aided his parents in establishing a firm and peaceful government, after which he became restless and wanted new experiences. One day he asked his mother if he was the only child she had. She told him the story of his sister who had been born from an egg and had become a very beautiful young woman. They had never seen her because she had been taken to Oahu by her grandparents and there brought up. Kawilani said, I'm going to Oahu to find her. His mother said, Yes, that is right. I will tell you about my people and their lands. So she told him about his ancestors, his grandparents, and their rich lands around the Nuanu stream and its bordering plains. Also of the stopping places, as he should cross the island to Kapalama, his grandmother, where he would find his sister under a rainbow, having certain strong shades of color. The parents prepared a red feather cloak for him to wear with his fine magic malo. These he put on, and, taking his ancestral spear, went down to the sea. Laying his spear on the water, he poised upon it, when it dashed like great fish through the water, leaping from wave to wave, it swept over the sea like a malolo, flying fish, and landed him on the Oahu beach among the sand dunes of Waianae. Taking up his spear, he started toward the sunrise side of the island, calling upon it as he went along to direct his path to Kapalama. Then he threw the spear as if it were a dart in a game of pahe, but instead of sliding and skipping along the ground, it leapt into the air and, like a bird floating on its wings, went along before the young chief. Once it flew fast and far ahead of him to a place where two women were working, and fell at their feet. They saw the beautiful spear, wonderfully polished, and picked it up, and quickly found a hiding place wherein they concealed it. Covering up the deep furrow it had made in the ground where it fell, and looking around without seeing anyone, they resumed their work. Soon Kawilane came to the place where they were, and greeting them, asked pleasantly, When did you see my traveling companion who passed this way? They were a little confused, yet said they had not seen anyone. Then he asked them plainly if a spear had passed them, and again they denied all knowledge of anything coming near. Kawilane said, Have you not concealed my friend my spear? They replied, No, we have not had anything to do with any spear. The chief softly called, Ekoawi, Ekoa, eh! The spear replied in a small, sharp voice, and leapt from its hiding place, knocking the women over the stream near where they had been working. Taking the spear, he went down to the seashore, scolding it on the way for making sport of him, and threatened to break it if anything else went wrong. The spear said, You must not injure me, your ancestor, or all your visit will result in failure. But if you lay me down on the beach, I will take you to the place where you can find your sister. The chief said, How shall I know you are not deceiving me? The spear replied, Sit down on me, and in a little while we shall be at the place where you can see her. Then it carried the complaining chief to the beach of Ko. There it lay on the ground and said, You see a tree, a willy-willy tree, standing alone near the sea and looking out over the waters. Footnote 2. The willy-willy tree is Erythrina monosperma. Go you to that tree and climb it and look along the beach until you see a rainbow rising over the waves. Under that rainbow, you will see a girl catching squid and shellfish and gathering sea moss. She is doing this for her old people. She is your sister. The chief said, I will go and see, but if no one is there, I will punish you for deceiving me and break you into little pieces. 
He went to the tree, climbed to the top branches, and looked along the beach as the spear had directed. He saw a very strange thing out over the water, red mist and bloody rain clouds moving back and forth over the dark blue waves, extending far out toward the horizon, and also covering the place where he was to see the girl. He called down to the spear that he could not see any rainbow or any girl. The spear replied, Everything is changing rapidly on the face of the sea. Look again. He watched the whirling mist and rain, and as it moved slowly, he saw an immense bird with many red feathers on its body and wings. When it flew up from the sea, it hid the light from the sun and cast a dark shadow over all that beach. He called to the spear, What is this great bird flying over the ocean? The spear replied, That is one of your ancestors, a kapua. She has a double body, sometimes appearing as a bird and sometimes in human form. Her name is Kaiwa Kalameha. She has dwelling places in all the islands, and even in Kahiki. She has come to your sister Lepeamoa over the seas of the gods Kane and Kanaloa. Kawilani watched the great bird as it rose from the sea and flew in mighty circles around the heavens, rising higher and higher until it was lost in the sky. Soon the atmosphere began to clear, and he saw the rainbow and the girl in the far distance. He came down and told the spear that all its words were true. The spear again asked the young chief to sit on it. He did so and was carried rapidly to the group of houses where Kapalama was living with her husband and grandchild. That same day, after Lepeamoa had taken her basket and gone to the shore, Kapalama looked along the road toward the sunset and saw a small cloud hastening along the way. Watching it carefully, she saw a rainbow in the cloud and called to her husband, Oh, Honoliuli, this is a very strange thing, but from the rainbow in the cloud I know that our grandchild from Kauai is coming to this place. You must quickly fire the oven and prepare food for this, our young grandchild. He made the oven ready, and soon had chicken, fish, and sweet potatoes cooking for their visitor. When Kawilani came to his grandparents, they all wailed over each other, according to the ancient custom of the Hawaiians. When the greeting was finished, he went into the house, set apart for men as their eating place, into which women were not allowed to enter, and there ate his food. After this, he went outside and lay down on a mat and talked with his grandmother. She praised him for the great victory won with his spear against his father's enemy, and then asked why he had come to Oahu. He said, I've come to see my sister in her double nature. She replied, That is right. I will take you to her house. There you must make a hollow place and hide under the mats and not let her see or hear you lest you die. But when she falls asleep, you must catch her and hold her fast until she accepts you as her brother. I will utter my chants and prayers for your success. So he hid himself in the girl's house and kept very quiet. Meanwhile, Lepeamoa, who was through fishing, picked up her basket and started toward home. She saw a rainbow resting over their houses and thought some strange chief had come. She rejoiced and determined that the chief should play her favorite game, Konane, a game resembling checkers. When she came to the houses, she asked her grandmother for the strange chief, saying she saw the footsteps of some man, perhaps now concealed by the grandmother. Kabbalama denied that anyone had come. So the girl went into her house, laid aside her human body, and assumed that of many kinds of birds. Kabbalama broke cooked sweet potatoes and fed the pieces to this bird body. Having eaten all she wished, Lepeamoa went into her house and lay down on her mats and fell asleep. When deep sleep was on her, the young chief leapt upon her, caught her in his arms, and held her fast. Jumping up, she dashed out of the house, carrying him with her. She flew up into the sky, but he still clung to her. The magic power of that spear helped him to hold fast and made the bird fly slowly. As she heard her grandmother chanting about herself and her brother, the young chief of Kauai, her anger modified, and she asked the stranger, Who are you, and from whence have you come? I am from Kauai, and I am Kawilani, your younger brother. Then she began to love him, and flew back to her grandparents, who welcomed them with great rejoicing. 
For many days, the young people and their grandparents dwelt happily together. In later years, the young chief and his sister saved King Kakuhihewa in a remarkable manner. As a result, the king gave his favorite daughter to Kawilani as a wife, and Lepiamoa cared for their children. The Battle of the Kapuas This part of the legend of Lepiamoa belongs to Waikiki and to Palama. Footnote 3, a district now in Chinatown, Honolulu. It is also one of the ancient long stories handed down from generation to generation among the Hawaiians. It came from the days of Kakuhihewa, who was the King Arthur of Oahu traditions, and whose chiefs were the Knights of the Round Table, after whom most of the noted localities of Oahu were named. However, this goes back into the misty past, only about 400 years. A boy and a girl were born on the island of Kauai, both possessing miraculous powers. The girl Lepeamoa was taken as soon as born to Palama, and there brought up by her grandparents. The boy Kawilani was reared by his parents on Kauai, and there did many wonderful deeds, after which he came to Oahu to visit his sister. At birth, Lepeamoa was only an egg, which, under the care of the grandparents, developed into a very beautiful maiden who could assume at will a multitude of bird forms. Thus she was what the ancient legends called Kupua, or a person having both human and animal powers. The young chief desired to visit the court of King Kakuhihewa, who resided at Waikiki. The grandmother, Kapalama, sent messengers to Keolewa, the ruler of the birds and the heavens, for new clothing fit for the young chief, and they returned with a magnificent feather sash and a glorious red feather cloak, shining like the blossoms of the lehua tree, and fringed with yellow feathers which were like golden clouds in the light of the setting sun. He bound the sash over his shoulders and around his body as a girdle or malo, threw the cloak from the heavens around him, took his magic spear, Koawi Koawa, which had the power of human speech, and journeyed to Waikiki. At this time, Kakuhihewa was entertaining his sister and her husband, Maui Nui, who was king of the island of Maui. According to custom, the days were devoted to sport and gambling. Maui Nui had a kapua, a rooster, which was one of the ancestors of Kawilani's family, but was very cruel and destructive. He could assume a different bird form for each magic power he possessed. This, with his miraculous human powers, made him superior to all the roosters which ever had been his antagonists in cockfighting. It was the custom of this king to take this kapua in his rooster body, with some other chickens, and visit other chiefs, having many battles and winning large amounts of property, such as the best canoes, the finest mats and kappas, and the most royal feather cloaks, as well as the lands of the chiefs who had not been subject to him. Sometimes, when all available property had been won, he would persuade the chief to bet his bones. This meant that the poverty-stricken chief, as a last resort, would wager his body against some of the property lost. If defeated, his life might be taken and his body sent to the most noted heiau, or temple, of his opponent and placed on an altar as a human sacrifice, or the body would be burned or cooked in a fire oven and thrown into the sea. Kakuhihewa and Maui Nui had been passing many days in this sport. When the Maui king was afraid the game might be given up, he would let some of the ordinary chickens fight, or would select the weakest from his flock. Then a large amount of property might be returned to the original owners, but he took care to lead his opponents on until their pride or their shame compelled them to wager their very last resources. Thus the betting had gone on from time to time, until the Maui king had provoked Kakuhihewa into betting his kingdom of Oahu in an almost hopeless attempt to win back all that had been lost before. The Oahu king realized that his brother-in-law was using a bird of magic power, but his bets had been made and word given, and he did not know of any way in which he could get sufficient magic to overcome his antagonist. He had heard about Kawilani, a wonderfully powerful young chief on Kauai, who had conquered a god of the seas and restored a kingdom to his father. He had sent messengers to Kauai to ask this young chief to come to his aid, 
promising as a reward the hand of his favorite and most beautiful daughter in marriage. But the days passed, and no word came from Kauai. Meanwhile, Kauilani came before Kakuhihewa and was announced as the young chief from Kapalama. No one thought of any connection with the noted warrior of Kauai. The king was very much pleased with the young chief, and finally asked him if he had seen his chickens, and if he would like to go to the place where they were kept. Kauilani saw the chickens and sent for water, which the keepers brought to him. Taking it, he sprinkled the eyes of the roosters. None of them had sufficient power to keep from shutting their eyes when the water struck their heads. Then he said to the keeper, These birds will not be of any use for our chief. Then he went to see the king's taboo rooster, the one reserved by the king for any last and desperate conflict. This he also tried, and found wanting. The keepers then sent word to the king that a strange young man with great wisdom was looking at the chickens, and the king came out and asked Kawilani about the tests. The young chief sprinkled water, as before, and then said to the king, Perhaps your rooster has strength, and perhaps he has no power. The king said, Ah, we see that this taboo rooster has no strength for this conflict. He closes his eyes. His enemy is very strong and very quick. We shall be defeated and belong to the king of Maui. Then Kawilani said, Perhaps I can find a bird of very great powers who can save us. The king said, If you defeat Keauhelamoa, the magic rooster of the king of Maui, you shall become my son, my daughter shall be your wife. Kawilani requested the king to have the place closed where the chickens were kept, so that no spy could watch them. He told the king he had a kapua chicken still in an egg, which would kill the great bird of the king of Maui, but that before the time came for the festival in which the cockfighting occurred, his chicken would be hatched and have power to save the king and his kingdom. The king was filled with delight and took the handsome young chief at once to his house and sent for his daughter. He said to her, I have set you free from this taboo which I placed upon you as the promised wife of the chief of Kauai. It is better that you should take this young chief as your husband. So they were married and lived together a few days. Then the young chief told the king he must go at once to obtain the chicken egg. He told his wife not to be jealous about anything she might hear among the people, and not to be angry in any way whatever at the time of his return, or he would not continue to have her as his wife. He went back to his sister, Lepeamoa. She saw him and left to meet him, calling, Come, 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 I have waited and waited for you. He told her all about his visit and the great need of the king, saying, I've come back for this day only and for your help. Then they went to the bathing pool and were swimming, diving, and bathing when they heard the sweet voice of the mischievous Elepayo bird over them, around them, and at last from the bank of the pool, calling out, Onokaia, Onokaia, or the fish is sweet, the fish is sweet. This bird was also Leia, the goddess of canoe cutters. Kawilani called to her, Why do you not get young fish in the ocean? Is this the only place for sweet fish? Then the Elepayo told the brother and sister about the great rooster belonging to the king of Maui, its miraculous power, and its name, Keohelemoa, and then said, You two go to the place of the fight. Take great care of your sister. Put her in a lay garland around your neck. You will note the appearance of that rooster of the king of Maui. Very tall, black, white, and red feathers. Only one tail feather. If he sees his grandchild before the fight, she will not escape. But if you keep her hidden until she goes out for battle, he will be destroyed. When the brother and sister returned, they told the grandparents about Kakuhihewa's trouble and the power of the rooster of the king of Maui to assume several bodies. Kawilani told them that the Maui king was so sure of winning that he had collected a great pile of wood wherewith to heat an oven in which to cook Kakuhihewa's body. The grandmother said, That great bird is one of our own family and has very great power, but Lepeamoa has much greater power if you two work together. 
He must not see her until she goes out to fight with him. Lepeamoa said to her brother, This is bad for you. You come as if you loved me, but you have taken the king's daughter for your wife. If I go with you and your wife is angry with me, she shall be set aside and I will be your wife. Kewilani said, That is right. Lepeamoa made herself very beautiful with a glistening spotted feather cloak. Her pahu, or skirt, was like fire, flaming and flashing. Kewilani told her she must go first as the eldest one in the family. Thus they passed in their splendid feather dresses down to Ko, or Honolulu, and out to Pawa, the people shouting and praising the beautiful girl. As they came to Waikiki, the noise of the people could be heard far, far away. Oh, the beautiful girl coming with the husband of our chiefess! Oh, the beautiful girl! The king's daughter heard the shout and became very angry. She ordered the people to drive Kawilani and Lepeamoa away. But the servants knew the reason why the young chief had become the husband of the king's daughter, and said among themselves, We want to live. We must not drive them away. Lepeamoa said to her brother, I told you that she would be angry with me. Yes, said the brother, that is true, and you shall be my wife. They turned aside from the royal houses. The girl laid aside her girl body and put on her bird body in one of its smallest forms and was concealed in an egg. The brother wrapped this egg in a corner of his cloak, put it around his neck, and went to the place where the chickens were kept and took one of the small houses of the keepers as his own. That evening, when a large calabash of food was brought for the chickens and set aside, he took it secretly, gave all the food to his sister, and turned the calabash up as if it had been upset and the food eaten by dogs. The caretakers were greatly worried because they had no food that night for the chickens. They knew that the chickens would not have any strength for fighting. When Kakuhiewa heard that his daughter had driven her husband away, he was very much troubled, and was afraid that he and his people would be destroyed. So he sent messengers to look everywhere and, if possible, find the young chief. But they all failed. At last, one of the guardians of the chicken said, Your son is sleeping in one of our houses. Kakuhiewa sent Ko, one of the highest officers of his government, to go after Kaulani. This Ko was the chief after whom Ko the ancient Honolulu was named. Ko found the young chief sleeping and aroused him, telling him the king was very sorry for the anger of his daughter, and asking him to come back to the king's house and on the morrow see the day of death. Kawilani told Ko to return and tell the king to prepare everything for the day of battle, and hang a large kappa sheet between two posts. He pointed out two roosters which were to be taken first. The king was to send them one by one to fight. When they were killed, the king was to ask for a time of rest. After this will be the time for my battle. Thus he taught Ko, who returned and told the king. The next morning, the king of Maui sent his messenger to the king of Oahu, asking if all things were ready for the battle that day. The king of Oahu replied, Yes, we will go to the place of death. If they win, we die. But if we win, there shall be no death. I do not know how to kill a man this way. So they all went to the battlefield. As soon as all the chiefs and the people were assembled, Maui Nui, king of Maui, leapt up and began his boast, proposing the battle and stating the conditions. Death for the defeated. Kakuhiwa quietly answered, If I win, I shall not kill you. You have already prepared for our death. The wife of the king of Maui favored the terms of the Oahan ruler to be applied to both sides, but her husband again called out his condition, Death to the defeated! Then Kakuhiwa stated his condition. We will try one rooster and then another. If both of my roosters are killed, we will rest until time has been given to get another bird for me. This was agreed to, without any opposition. The chickens were quickly freed. The roosters leapt against each other, and one fell dead. Then the second battle was fought, and the second rooster killed. 
While they were resting, Kawilani went in behind that large kappa sheet which he had requested. The egg was wrapped in his cloak, which was thrown around his neck. He took out the egg and uttered an incantation. The chicken comes out better in the heat. Both of us were born at midnight. Dust rises and is blown like mist on a wave. Pick the flowers of the ohia, pick the flowers. Fly, 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 leaping in the dust of Kamea. The egg began to change until it became a full-grown chicken. Kawilani told his bird sister to go out before the people thus. Go all around the fighting place, go to the feet of Maui Nui and look upon him. Then go to the middle and stand there looking into the face of your ancestor. He will then know you, perhaps, and will put on many kinds of bird bodies. If he puts on red, you must become white. You have more bird bodies than he, you will win. Then if he changes his body again, I will tell you what to do until he becomes weary. Then you put on your spotted body and kill him. The bird then left him and went out before the people. They made a great noise, laughing and crying out, A hen! A hen! To fight the great rooster! But she was very beautiful in her shining coat of feathers as she waited for the battle. Then the rooster came in, and Kawilani saw that he did not recognize his grandchild. Lepeamoa clucked and moved her head and wings like a hen calling to her young chickens. Keohelemoa was angry. His feathers rose as he came up, and he changed their color into red. His antagonist became white. Then he struck at her, leapt at her, and tried to overthrow her with his wings, but he was not able to touch her, while she lightly flew over his head, striking his face and beating him with claws and wing. Then he became Moanene, a goose form. But Kawilani uttered a prayer, and his sister became a swift aloe bird, a small mud hen. The battle again was fought, whirling, striking, leaping, and flying. But the bird girl was not injured in the least, while the rooster's face was bleeding, and his eyes suffered from the terrific and swift blows dealt by Lepeamoa. She tore him to pieces until the battle was in a thick cloud of flying feathers. The people thought he was dead, but his magic power was still in the fragments of his body, torn and thrown up, floating far up among the clouds. He rested in some mist clouds above, and put on a body having the color of the yellow blossoms of the hao tree. Before this the day had been quiet, but now, with the return of that rooster, the chill of snow and ice came down in a cold mist, like the snow mists on the tops of the mountains. The rooster sent this fine icy rain in a stream like a flowing river over Kakuhihewa and his people. Then Kawilani called to his sister, Behold! Keohelemoa comes in his last strength. He follows the ice cloud. Can you make a way of escape? This call was in a spirit voice, and none of the people heard. Lepeamoa called upon Keolewa, the morning cloud, for help, and a cloud was let down as a shield, turning off the cold mist and letting it pass on over the sea. So Kakuhihewa and his people were left in peace. Lepeamoa flew up into a tall coconut tree, and saw her enemy in the form of a Manu Alala, a great blackbird, coming behind the mist to the battlefield. She flew down and put on the color of the Puaniu, the cream color of coconut blossom, and again flew like a whirlwind around her enemy. Then the ancestor bird took his last body, that of a Moa Auha. Kawilani called to his sister to go around before all the people, putting on her spotted body, and then return, looking sharply at the right wing of her enemy, to find a place to break it, then fly against the right eye and pick it out, and after that, fly down on the head of the king of Maui, then leap to the last battle, break the left wing, pluck out the left eye, and tear the body to pieces. Then he will die. He cannot make a new body for himself. Lepeamoa flew down upon the blackbird, which tried to strike her with its strong wings. But when the right wing was spread out, showing its weak places, she flew in swiftly and broke that wing so that it could not be used. Then she leapt against the head and caught the right eye, destroying it. The blackbird tried to whirl around and around to strike the spotted chicken, 
but Labamoa shook her wings over her enemy and flew off around the place of battle until she was in front of the Maui king. Before he could think or make a move for self-protection, she dashed into his hair and tore it with her claws and flew back against her enemy. This polluted and disgraced Maui Nui. This time she whirled around the left side. He struck at her. As his wing was spread out, she flew in and broke it so that it fell useless by his side. Then she struck his eye, and he was entirely blind. She dashed against him, and he fell over. She clawed and picked and tore his body until it was in small pieces and his life was destroyed. The people shouted with a loud voice, Away, away! Which is, alas, alas, the rooster of the king of Maui is dead! Keohelemoa is dead! The king of Maui is to die! The name of this rooster, it is said, was given to a place far up Palolo Valley, near Honolulu. When the people shouted, Kawilani stood up in his splendid cloak and sash and cried out, Ai, ai! Dead to me! Dead to Kawilani, the child of Keohua and Kauheo! His sister flew to him, and he took her and disappeared in the confused, moving crowd of excited people. Thus they returned to Kapalama. At that time, Kakuhiewa learned who the young man was, and was glad that he had not treated him uncivilly in any way, and so lost his wonderful aid. He was very, very thankful for his victory over the king of Maui. He ordered his servants to find Kawilani, but they could not. He was fully lost. Wailuku, the wife of Maui Nui, asked Kakuhiewa what he intended to do with him. He replied, I will not kill. I am for life. I do not know how to make a man. I do not want death. If you had one, you should have your desire. Now I will have life, as is my wish. Maui Nui returned to his island, but his wife remained with her brother. The king ordered his people to make search everywhere for Kawilani. They went to Kauai, but he had not returned to his parents. They visited Maui in Hawaii, but found no trace. For several months the search was prosecuted. Even the mountains, hills, valleys, forests, jungles, and caves were looked over as carefully as possible. By and by, two chiefs, Ko and Waikiki, saw the signs of a high chief over Kapalama's group of houses and went up to make inquiries. They saw Kawilani and told him that the king wanted him to come back. Lepeamoa said, You must reveal yourself, and you must go back to that wife, her time has come. Kawilani sent the chiefs, Ko and Waikiki, back to the king with the message that he would follow the next day. In the morning he met the king, who said, This year I have been near to death, and from you came life, and you have been lost to my sorrow. Now my daughter's child is near birth. Perhaps you can give life to your child. Kawilani went to his wife's home. The caretakers refused to let him give any aid until they had tried all their arts and failed. Then Kawilani sent all the people away and stood alone by his wife, uttering his chant or incantation of life for the sick one. O Amakuas, ghost gods, come from the north, the south, the east, the west, male and female and children, come for this cry of distress. O all those who have power in the skies, come in this time of death. O all the household of Kapalama, come and give life. I am Kawilani, the strong child of Keahua and Kauheo, life for the mother and this child. While he was chanting this prayer, the child was born. Lepeamoa saw that her brother was very busy before the gods, so she secretly took the child and hurried to Kapalama. That day there were fierce storms, resounding thunder and flashing lightning, while the land shook in the throes of an earthquake. These were the signs usually accompanying the birth of any high chief or chiefess. Kakuhiewa was troubled when he knew that the child had disappeared, but was satisfied when he learned that it was with Kapalama and Lepeamoa. The baby was a girl and very beautiful, so Lepeamoa adopted it as her own and gave it the name of Kamamo. 
Kauilani lived with his wife, making his home all the rest of his life in the court of his father-in-law, Kakuhihewa. End of section 25